is your soul in the same place as a black hole outside of space and time where clocks don't tick and rulers don't measure God? What? <laughs> this one for you. Like this one for you, Hannah. This is yours. <laughs> that sounded like a poem of some kind. Hannah, is your soul in the same place as a black hole outside of space and time where clocks don't tick and rulers don't measure? Mm-hmm. Oh, he signed it God. This person signed it God. Well, Let's move on from that one. I'm not sure. I, 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 that's above my pay grade. I'm sorry. Unless you want to handle that one. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think it's it's something to think about. Our soul isn't necessarily out in our physical body. So in that, in, I mean, I don't think it is. So it could definitely be outside of us somewhere else. That's all I have, but I would... I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on I that. think it is. You know, I think I think we are everywhere, so that we're everywhere. We're everywhere, I think. And so we are the world, Michael Jackson. We are the world. We should play that this morning. We are the I really want to hear the music man song that we discussed. Oh, oh, okay. It rhymes with me, it rhymes, rhymes with me, and it's called Pool. Is that one? Yeah. You've been I love that. You've song. Been, I know it's a great one. Okay. So this is, while this is kind of long, I will read some of it. Truth of healing. Diseases don't exist. There are no causes of diseases except the need for more healing. All illnesses is actually healing and is also a message that more healing is needed. Okay, more healing is always needed. There's no state of being healthy or completely healed. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's always another step. Doesn't it seem like there's always... Something else, as Rosanna Dannending used to say on that show, it's always something, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of part of life. You know, maybe we never reach, you know, perfection, if you want to call it that or whatever. But I think it's about, it really is about the journey. Um, so yeah. that's the way I look at it. There's always another step. There's got to be, right? Until you just turn into light and sound and talk to God and say, hello, no no treatments will always work even under the same conditions treatments are unimportant they're only used to increase healing boy this person been thinking about this stuff there are no causes of healing healing is the cause anyone that desires it can be caught taught to test for healing information in an hour or so okay I like that one. I'd love to hear more about that yeah. from them. Patrick, tell Dr. Weissong, oh, this was a recent guest, remember? Did you remember him? Yes, I listened to that show, yeah. Pretty fun, huh? Pretty fun. Yeah, that was a good one. Tell Dr. Weissong to watch The End of COVID, which premieres July 11th. Mm. Have you heard about that? The End of COVID? No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. About pretty cool. It's these people, I think his name is Alex Zek, and we're going to have him on the show in early July. He got together all of these people that we, we talk about, right? Cowan, Kaufman, Vollmer, um, Steve Falconer, the Baileys, Stone, Melando, all, um, all of the show me the virus people, right? There is no mm-hmm. virus people. And they, 
they did all kinds of interviews and and roundtables, and it's going to go on for like 10 days beginning in June. It's going to be a huge thing. And you watch that, baby. You'd walk away from there. I got a feeling you'll never see a germ again, man. (laughs) I got to tell my mom. She's going to love this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and we'll keep people up to date. I'm not sure uh, if they're going to let us stream this, but if they do, we'll stream it here. But just check it out. It's called The End of COVID. And uh, what this emailer was was alluding to, that Dr. Weissong, he was really getting around to the no virus idea, wasn't he? He was really kind of coming around. And then he asked, yes. then he asked me the thing about the kennel cough, right? Yeah. How did that happen? You know, how did that happen? And then I asked Dr. Cowan about it, and he gave some ideas about it too. Mm-hmm. You know, the kennel cough thing is interesting because, um, you know, pets can go. In my opinion, pets can go to the vet, and they're stressed out and they're scared. And they can start coughing like, you know, they could get a cold and flu just like everybody else, right? Because they're stressed mm-hmm. out. They don't want to go to the vet or go in some cage. And then the other animals could do the same thing just to be in, you know, in concert from him. There's a lady that uh, put an email. I'll see if I can find Let me see if I can find it before I, I butcher it. <clears throat> Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com where you can call. Um... Oh, oh! this is from the Cowan Show. Tell me more about the ticks and um, fire ants. He said, wow, get them. Not a tick in five years, no chemicals. Oh, this person, yeah. Somebody said, do not get fire ants. Because I, I, I suggested to Cowan that he get fire ants and get rid of the ticks. Because that was Yeah, my I heard answer. you say that. Isn't yeah. it fun? That story, did you hear that story? Yeah, I didn't know that that was a solution for ticks at all. We have a lot of ticks up here. Um, so, yeah, like, I guess I, where do you get a load of fire ants? <laughs> well, we we were having a lot of ticks maybe five years ago. And I had two dogs mm-hmm. then, Bria and Doodle. Bria went to heaven. And I was always picking these ticks off. And it was just not good, you know. I mean, they would just, they jump on you, you know. They just jump. And they're, they're, they're icky, you know. You know yeah. You've seen yeah. them, right? And they, yeah. Oh yeah, I've had them on my body. Before. Oh yeah, and you just pick them off, is what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's, I ran into an old timer. We call them old timers. The people, these old Texas guys that elderly. I shouldn't say old elderly guys that are like ninety and they look like they're about fifty, and they just live on the land. Somehow I, I don't know where it was. I met him and I was telling him about. It. He said, just get some ticks, and spread them around you'll never have any more fire ants. So I went to a friend of mine who's got a lot of fire ants on his property. I got two trash bags and I just started dumping mounds of fire ants and dirt in the trash bags. I came back and spread them all over around the property and probably in six months, the ticks were gone. Because that's that's what they eat. That's, that's crazy. I know. Isn't it fun? It's cool, though. Like, I think it's cool that that's such a natural solution. <laughs> and Cowan really thought it was cool. He said, wow, because he's got a lot of ticks up there. So, but people mm-hmm. think I'm crazy because they say, do not get fire ants. Wow, are you crazy? <laughs> well, do fire ants, besides biting, do they cause problems? 
I mean, they only bite you if you like step on the nest, right? That's right. They don't just yeah. come after you. They don't come after you. You got to step yeah. in them. And, They're not aggressive. Yeah. And you can see their little nest and you just walk around them. And it's, it's interesting. The more, the longer they're here, the more they put their little nest outside of where you are. I think they kind of know. They're not interested in eating you. They want to eat stuff. You know, I think they eat all kind. They eat spiders too. They, they get spiders. Mm, but spiders are good because they eat other Very good. insects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But everybody's eating somebody, baby. You know, it's just everybody's eating somebody. Makes sense. <laughs> so people, that explains a lot, actually. It does, you know. Come on, it does. Um, Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. Email Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. I should really sort out these emails before the show, but I had to do some stuff on the studio trying to get this microphone right, so I just kind of got behind, you know. Um, if Cowan believes bacteria are all beneficial, then you would stop brushing your teeth, wouldn't you? Hmm. Is that where we would brush our teeth to get rid of bacteria? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I think we brush our, actually, I think we brush our teeth to keep them nice and sparkly and, you know, get the food out between them and all that, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, the health of our mouth has a lot to do with what we eat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the more good good things that you're putting in your body and the less processed sugary foods you eat, the more whiter your teeth actually are. Um, I, I just feel like that has happened in my life. Like the changes I've made in my diet towards, you know, eating better have changed my mouth in positive ways. So your teeth look great. Yeah. What, what do you do? What do you use? Um, well, I do um, oil pull. So I, I do oil pull when I'm in the shower. I do that um, every night, but yeah, I just use like a neem, uh, toothpaste, toothpaste. Has, has neem in it and some great. other Ayurvedic herbs and I do brush my teeth but I don't um, I don't really sometimes I'll put clove oil on my toothbrush uh-huh. too that's so you do, good for the mouth. you do the oil pulling I've not done that much over the years what does that do for you the oil pulling uh, it's supposed to take well I mean then I always understood that it was like to clean out you know all the gunk that's there mm-hmm. you know um, but I don't want to use words like bacteria because I, I'm not everybody's gonna agree with that we we interviewed a lady by the name of Dr. Ellie Phillips I believe and she was all she's written books all over about this microbiome of the mouth and she her teeth look just sparkly and she, she agrees with you and, and even that you don't want to try to kill stuff in the mouth. The mouth has a, its own microbiome and its own thing, right? And it's always keeping things in balance. And you can just use toothpaste to you know, make them pretty. But um, if, if you go in there with hydrogen peroxide and try to kill stuff, just like in the body, she said, that'll just mess things up. You know, You don't want to do that. That's why my dentist, before I found Pearlseum, we used to use just baking soda and salt. Baking soda and salt, which is just a nice way to, you know, but you don't want to use like tea tree oil, hydrogen peroxide, fluoride. 
that kind of stuff because it messes up the microbiome of the mouth. Yeah, and fluoride messes up other Everything. things in yeah. our body. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys, so you guys think bacteria can't be dangerous or destructive to our health? Well, just Patrick, don't you know? Don't lump Hannah in there because <laughs> she might. But you guys, they said you guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about flesh-eating bacteria, though, Patrick? Like if ah, like flesh-eating. There, there's something that that I wouldn't want. I can tell you that. Is there such a thing as flesh-eating bacteria? I don't know. People have had conditions that they must have had a reason to call it that if their flesh was being impacted. Yeah, that's, I don't know about that one, flesh eating bacteria. But I think that there are, I think there are bacteria when you have a wound, you know, the bacteria are there to, to eat up um, any kind of dirt, whatever is getting in there. They eat up stuff up and I think that's how they help the the body to heal, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Like the Indians and all the ancient cultures, they would just, they wouldn't do much of anything, you know, on wounds. They would just let it go. They would pee on them. Did you know that, that the Indians would pee on them? Pee on the wound? We should talk about urine and urine therapy. That would be a good... Oh, would, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever drunk your pee? <laughs> Uh, you know, that's a really personal question. <laughs> that's a pretty personal question. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to answer that one if you don't. No. <laughs> I've done it. I do a little bit every morning. Just hmm. I used to do quite a bit, a couple ounces, but uh, then Darko Felchek kind of changed my opinion on that. He said that all you do is need a little, like a homeopathic dose. There's no need... Hmm. There's no need to do. You can just do like a, your finger. Watch your finger do that if you don't want to do a bunch. Mm. Of course, being an Italian Scorpio like I am, I always think more is better. <laughs> not necessarily true. <laughs> more is not better. Mm. Hi, Patrick. This is from Gertrude. What's your opinion on past life regression? Whoa, man, we're getting some of that. That's pretty cool. Well, I know that for me, I've had a lot of past lives. I've remembered a couple of them, a couple of them. Um, And I know that there's only now. So I think all our past lives are going on now. I know that's pretty trippy. How is that even possible? Well, if there's only now, where is the past? But there is a there is a plane of existence called the causal plane, and you can soul travel to the causal plane, and you can you can you can look at some of your past lives if you really get good at it. Something you can look into and work on, and sometimes they'll just pop in. Um, but I'm not sure about regression. I'm not sure if somebody can hypnotize you because um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's in the mind. That I'm, I don't, yeah. So I don't know about that one. Have you ever had a past life regression? I, I've never done that. I, I've known people that have done it and have, you know, come out of it and said like they felt like they healed something and, you know, were, you know, a, a better version of themselves coming out of it. Um, but no, I've never done that. I've done some other 
interesting things, but not that. <laughs> interesting. What other kind of interesting things have you done? Uh, I mean, just like, you know, Reiki type stuff. Um, and then some a little more obscure type healing. Oh, <laughs> I obscure. I was putting weird chambers and things like that. Put put what? I was putting like healing chambers and. Oh, good. I don't know. Did you, did it was, you, we did, probably shouldn't talk did, about that. Did you heal in the healing chamber? Uh, no, I found it caused a, a, a backlash problems <laughs> after it came out. But I tried it, so. <laughs> Here's an email from Taylor. Nature doesn't lie. Men do. What? Oh, he probably means. Did you men. say that? Yeah, it's probably mean men and women. I mean, he's probably just using that. That oh, I thought that was funny. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't come on. Um, balance, homeostasis, equilibrium, whatever term one decides to utilize, this is the state that nature seeks. <clears throat> when microbes get out of whack, perhaps disease may occur, and that appears to correlate. However, if the germ theory of illness were true, no one would be alive to believe it. When we accept, well, that's true. When we accept the uh, re reductionist and hyper-materialistic worldview that has been and is currently being pushed, inversion, inversion and an age of deception, wittingly or unwittingly, is able to manifest. It's far easier to discover that which is not true, and subsequently discard those assertions as opposed to unearthing absolute truth. The good news is, once nonsense is discarded, the individual has taken active steps towards discovering absolute truth. That's pretty trippy. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot in there. A lot of stuff in there, too. Yeah, a lot of good stuff in there, isn't it? Um, you know, I think for me, I, I, um, discarding a lot of, like he said, and the, the nonsense, I think that's when I think we get clear on what the truth is. You know, well, just looking at what we believe to be true, and the more we can just say, no, I don't want to believe that one anymore. No, I don't want to believe that one anymore. Okay, I'm going to let go of germs or I'll let go of whatever. And I think the mm -hmm. clearer that we get of just trying to look and see without a lot of um, uh, loose particles flying around tell us the way the world is, even though it might not be true. I think this person is on to an idea where we get to see more clearly. Because if you're looking for absolute truth, I think that's where you find it is through Hannah and Patrick if we're not all clogged up with beliefs and images and feelings that maybe are not true absolute true yeah i think i can get on board with that in the sense that i think for me there's there's like two pieces to it so one i find it hard to to know how we would know what is false unless we already know what truth is okay so that to me i'm thinking like how do we know what to discard unless we already have truth to compare these fallacies or deceptions or lies or non-truths to but I also think that as we become 
and this is where I think spiritual wellness is the pinnacle of everything because spiritual wellness will trickle down to every other aspect of your being. The clo- the more healthy and healed we are and the closer we get to ourselves and our identity and the more closely we become connected to what I believe truth is. Mm-hmm. So then things become more clear. Our filter changes and we see things differently and we begin to choose different things for ourselves. Um, so I guess I do agree in that sense. I would just maybe explain it different. Yeah. I don't know. So like, let's take the virus thing. So if we, you or I were in the position of we'd like to know what the absolute truth is about that, in my opinion, the only way we would find it is to research it and look into it and experiment with it. You know, and you listen to these people and then you try it out. And maybe you could get to the point where you just go, yeah, they can't prove it. So until they prove it, I'm with Cowan, I'm with you, there's no germs and I think that is the truth for you. And if somebody comes up with a virus, they said, no, here, I, we isolated, and they really did, right? Well, then you just change. You would just say, well, my truth was not absolute. Here's another one. Yeah, I think I, I'm glad that you said it that way because I think for me, and maybe there's just different types of people, I would need to experience it. So I would need to be sick. And then not choose to do, you know, maybe something I normally would have gone to the doctor for, not go, you know, and and live it out and see how it works. And then for me, I would be like, okay, like that worked. Do you know what I'm saying? Where some people would just, just from the knowledge that they might read or study, feel like, yes, that's truth. So I think that's cool because we don't all get there in the same way. So I can appreciate that. No, I I agree. We really have to experience everything, right? Otherwise... It's just a belief. Mm-hmm. It's just another belief, right? To put on the on the list. Yeah, I I agree. We just have to, otherwise, just something else to believe. Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. Email Patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Somebody just called, then they hung up. So if we don't get to you right away, we're talking. Just stay right there, and then we'll we'll jump on. Um, um, with you. Um, well, I, want, I want to show you this one, Hannah. You may have seen it on Y Song, but I think other people would like to see this, okay? So mm-hmm. this is so fun. So about five years ago, my dog Doodle. There she is. Aww. Hi, Doodle. <laughs> I was sleeping mm-hmm. and I heard very clearly the words. And it was almost like a little Walt Disney voice, very sweet voice. But it was words, not not telepathically. It was words. Patrick, my left teat is sore. Please help. Right there, man. I woke up and I I wrote it down mm-hmm. and then I went back to sleep. And when I woke up for the morning, I of course remembered it and I had the I had the dream journal there. And I turned her over on the floor. She was on the floor, and this is what I saw. 
Mm. Her left teeth, see it? The left one yeah. is all swollen and red. Mm-hmm. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. How is that even possible? So, so I know, this is how I know. I experienced it, that to your point, I don't believe that animals are souls, too. I know that they are. You could, I, you know, I could debate it till the cows come home, and nobody's going to convince me otherwise. Because I experienced. I mean, doodle, talk to me. So she's obviously a spiritual being or a soul separate from me. Or she told me, "Hey, check it out. My left teeth is sore. Help." Experience. That's pretty cool. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. Amazing. Yeah. Then I had a cat that reincarnated. So once you have these experiences, like you can't even, you know, what are you going to do? You know? Okay, more emails are coming in. Call us out. We'd like to talk to you. Where am I? 888 What are you going to do this weekend while I'm looking for something? Yeah. Hmm. I think I might hang out with my sister. Really? She's coming back from vacation, so I need some sister time for sure. Does she live close by? Uh, well, she lives about 35 minutes away right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't have any wild plans at the moment. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> okay. Um, I found him now. What about infringing on the free will of the animals people murder ooh, for their pleasure? Mm. That's, that's a feisty email. Yeah. Are we talking about hunting or the food that we're finding in the, well, you know? I think it would be both. You either, or all of it. Yeah, you either yeah. hunt or you eat meat. Mm. Yeah. How's it for you? Once? Do you eat meat? I do. And uh, that was kind of like a big debate when I went through uh, yoga teacher training, because we talk about like non-harming and, and some of the principles, the yamas and nayamas of that. And there was great debates about that. Um, I think that plants and uh, animals have, you know, experience. I, w- I mean, I don't know if we want to say pain, but experience some kind of effect when we harvest them. Um, but I do think that are, you know, different bodies need different things. And I, I can understand, I think that it's, it's how we use what we harvest and, you know, the intentions behind it when we're using it, I think matter. Um, but yes, I do eat everything. I'm like an omnivore. So that's just what works for my body. But yeah, I mean, I would like to hear your thoughts personally on that. Like, how do you feel about it? Well, I'm pretty much all I eat is meat. So so that, that's why this person got a little snarky. How about infringing the murder for your pleasure? You know, people have been eating animals since the beginning of time. Um, and the real carnivore people that look at the everything, this is how we evolved. It's just how we, um, I think that um, eating animal foods is really necessary for a lot of people. Some people can do the 
vegetarian thing. I feel the best when I eat them. From a spiritual perspective, um, we all we all come and go, and we all die, and we keep moving. And I think that it's the cow's karma, if you will, to help us and give up their life for us. And they that's how they evolve. That's what they do. And uh, if you treat them nice and feed them good food and harvest them with the most painless way possible and you're grateful to them, I'm, I'm just okay with it. I think everybody's eating something. I mean, uh, everything has to eat something else to survive. So I get the vegetarian yogic idea that you don't want to kill cows because, but they're all souls. I mean, you know, your spinach is a soul too. I mean, they've proven that plants feel pain. They've proven Mm -hmm. it. So, so what are you going to eat? You know, it's, uh, I think it's, I I agree with you, sweetie. I think it's the intention and being grateful for what you get. Like the Indians, they would shoot a a buffalo and they would prayer, say prayers and, and give up and they would pray that the buffalo soul would go on to a better place and all that. You know, that's cool. What's, you know, what a way to go. So animals are souls too and they evolve. So when you kill a cow and eat it, they're going to do something else. You know, souls are eternal. You haven't snuffed out their life. They'll, they'll do something else. Maybe they'll come back a horse. And maybe people won't eat them this next time. You know, who knows? Not, not knowingly, anyway. Uh, <laughs> there's horse meat in there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, don't get me started there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Native Americans set a really good example, um, just the way they lived their lives and and the way that they did view, um, you know, the crops that they used and yeah. how the, how they used everything, you know, and they thought about how it would impact the generations to come, you know. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think it's really our intention sometimes behind what we're what we're using, and are we just being excessive and we're just like mindless, or are we of putting course. some thought behind right. what we're doing? And also to those of you who live on vegetables, um, I'm just gonna my retort. I'm gonna say there's all the love I can. You go out and clear hundred acres of of something to plant soybeans for your soy burgers. Fine. Do you know how much stuff you kill doing that? You kill everything in that hundred acres. I'm talking everything, frogs and snakes and birds and uh, places the birds live. And you kill all kinds of things, snails and, you know, bugs. And you kill them all, every one of them. And then you, then they spray it and then they plant soybeans. So, okay. The great debate. I mean, and I think soy is one of the, the highest processed foods out there. Soy is what I've heard. But yeah, so yeah, I don't think it's, I think it is, I can understand why it works for some people. And I think we need to make space for everybody at the table because not everybody's body is going to function on just um, a plant-based diet. I tried it and it was not, uh, wasn't good for me, but I did try. You know, um, what I'm finding interesting is that the more I just eat a mainly meat diet or just meat, eggs, um, little fish, you know, just the carnivore kind of thing, uh, the better I feel and the less that I can get away with eating, falling off the diet. 
you know, I don't follow any strict diet or anything like that. But I, it, so I'm beginning to theorize that the, that the microbiome of the body changes as we eat different, different foods. Does that make sense? Or I'm almost getting to the point, because I had a little few, I, th- I had a few little potatoes in the fridge and the other night, and I just, there was this little, really good, and I put butter on them. And I tell you what, the next morning, my little tummy was not happy. And I said, what's that about? I mean, I used to be able to eat potatoes. So did my microbiome and, you know, change in the last year of just doing meat to an extent that potatoes don't work for me anymore? Don't you think that's curious? It's like, what? That is interesting. That is very interesting. I I do think our bodies change, you know, throughout our lifetime. You know, I think they, my mom always used to say like seven to 10 years and your body kind of shifts and makes (laughs) changes. You need something different. She didn't, you know, think she was right about that. So yeah, maybe that is changing, you know, your, your gut and all of that. I'm not a doctor or a scientist, so I don't know. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think Dr. Uh, Song, he re, he kind of listened to Cowan's thing. I'll find it, and he was couldn't understand the whole heartworm thing, right? And in my opinion, when I've looked a lot at heartworms, and I think that with any species, in my opinion, these parasites. Fleas, ticks, heartworms, they come in when the animal is not 100%. Mm. You know, just like out in Africa, the weakest gazelle gets picked off by the lions. Right? Mm. They know the weakest one there. They, they, they feel it energetically. They know and they go after the one that's going to give them the less trouble. <laughs> it's a, I think it's a species thing, and and I think that that's why uh, fleas and ticks are a problem. Um, I think that it's really about the diet and lifestyle and the stress on the animal. And um, what I do is I don't do the heartworm medicine because it's really very strong. Is I just yeah. every couple of years I just go in, and you get a little heartworm test. They just put a little needle in her, in her paw, and they can tell you if you have heartworms. And then you can. She had baby heartworms one year. They said, "Oh, they're just babies." And I just did a classic kind of Holder Clark parasite formula with black walnut, you know, and that thing, and then had to retest it, and it was gone. So that's hmm. the way to do it, but. Um, you know, it, it's challenging because people go to the vets and they have pictures of with hearts with worms in them and your dog will die and uh, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And this medicine is rough, boy. Yeah, I've always heard that it's super strong. So seems like a lot of the treatments that they use for pets are super, super strong like the flea and tick stuff and all of that. Yeah, it really is. It's very, very strong. All of those that say too many would have to be 
in on the lie for what you are asserting regarding insert any topic. Interesting. I offer this quote attributed to Upton Sinclair. It is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on not understanding it. Mm. Oh yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, people say that about, you know, everything, viruses and, uh, you know, the whole flat earth thing and all the other stuff, wars, that too many people would have to be in on it for for this lie to be able to per- perpetrate, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the book that Upton Sinclair wrote that I read. I'm trying to remember the title of it. And what what did he what did he say? He said that what was this thing? It is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on it. Maybe it's called the jungle. Yeah. Wow. That's very well said. I think that's a good. Oh, that's fun. That's a good quote. Let's apply that to religion. <laughs> to what religion? <laughs> <laughs> I went to a I went to a thing yesterday. Uh, I was invited to do take part in a in a little process and we're we're gonna talk about it. It's called EBO Ebo Ebu and it's using um uh, let me let me Google it here and unless I can read you what it is. I think it's E B B O. Well, what it is, is it's um, ozone and they, they, they take the, your blood out of one arm and then they mm-hmm. put it through ozone and then that cleans up the blood of loose particles that are flying around that the blood's always trying to clean and then they put it back into your other arm mm. and they do that for 45 minutes. It's really pretty interesting. I did it. I was invited to, somebody has a, a new place out in Marble Falls. And um, so I went and did it and I really felt kind of good after it. And I feel good this morning, but I, I don't know if it did anything really. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I don't know. Sure. What do they say the benefits are? Like, what do they it, tell it, people? It just kind of cleans up your, Ebu, it just kind of cleans up your blood, you know. Do you get more energy? From, is That's that what the idea. Saying? Yeah, here it is. Okay. Um, it's called extracorporeal blood oxygenation or uh, ozonation, mainly used in treating toxicity and chronic illnesses. But what exactly could it do? It's actually a form of dialysis. It uses mm. dialysis filter to clean blood from debris of of destroying destroyed germs. Yeah, when we um, when I don't think they actually get this. You know what I've been told is that um, there are bacteria and viruses in our blood trying to clean up the toxicity that we ingest in our food and our water and our air, right? And mm-hmm. the waste material, because they all, when you eat something, you poop, okay? So when they eat up these, these um, toxins, they poop, 
And that's what the, the cleans up. It doesn't kill. I think these people doing this, uh, well, actually, no, I think they got it. Clean blood from the debris of germs. So maybe they're onto it. Heavy metals, fungus, and more that ozonate the blood. And then it brings more oxygen all over the place. See, I, you see these people are viral people. Uh, EBOO is known to have benefits effect in killing viruses and eliminating bacteria, neutralizing toxic substances. So I don't think they've got it right. I, in my opinion, they're cleaning up the, the poop from the viruses and the bacteria. But that's okay. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a fine point. It's a fine. Not everybody <laughs> are virus crazies like I am. But so it's called Ebu. You might want to do it sometime. Find a person doing Ebu. I really felt good doing. It. I felt kind of, kind of spacey and you know stuff like that. I'll have to look it up. And yeah, kind of clean. I felt really. I don't know. Just something was really good. I, something was really good. Oh, you want to hear about my dream last night? Yes. Okay. I love talking. Uh, come, about come on um, in and join us. Patrick at one radionetwork.com is the email. But call. I want to try try chest out the phone, see if they work. Nobody's calling. You're probably just more uncomfortable because you don't know Hannah. No, she's she's you want her. She's good. Triple triple eight six six three. I'm just making it up. Triple eight. I don't bite anymore. You don't bite. Triple eight. <laughs> and her teeth look great, so if she bites, it'll be no problem. Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. So, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I have been arguing for a long time, uh, that the reason we look the way we do, right, is because of what we think. Everything that we've ever thought of in every lifetime, this is great, I love this, everything we've ever thought about is true in every lifetime continually creates our body. So every time we come into a new body, we kind of bring along all of the, the images and the thoughts that we think yeah, about whatever. And this is what creates our body. And then we also have mom and dad little genes working. And that all comes together. And then out pops Anna and, and Patrick. And then as Patrick and Hannah grow up, and you, everything that we buy into as a truth, it is in our state of consciousness. And I saw it last night, how it's just like a little layer. It was so fun to watch it just like a little layer on who I am, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense? So if you believe that, and say even believe in nuclear war, you know, I, I'm really frightened nuclear weapons are going to blow us up at any time, whatever. And if you really believe that, that is part and parcel of what we look like. And this is one mm-hmm. of the reasons why people can, can look um, older than they should because there's a lot of fear, Worry, angst, we've seen it in, in people, right? They get all kind of crinkly because they worry a lot. So mm-hmm. this, is why, this is why we look the way we do by what we think. So if you don't like the way you look, just change the way you think and it'll change. <laughs> so you saw like your, um, I saw maybe it. your energy body in your dream, like is that kind of what you would say? Exactly. There was a thought and I don't recall what the thought was. It was just a thought but I saw when I when I bought into the thought how there was this kind of um, energy or 
right in the hologram of my body, and it was like in my body, you know, and I really saw how it it affects the way I look. That's amazing. I know. I, That's amazing. It was just so great, and so maybe the Ibu helped me helped me do that. I got a little, but it was so cool, and I wrote it down, and I thought about it this morning. I've always believed this, being crazy, but I never saw it. You know, I, you know what I mean. I never really, I never really got it confirmed. But last night I got it confirmed. Oh man, I wish you could draw it so we could see. I know. I'd like to get it into a screenplay someday, and and you could probably use a computer generated thing of why it works. Yeah. And then I thought about this morning. This is fun. If you go way back when the kings and queens, you know, 13, 14, 1500, back in those days, do you know that there were women that queens and that they didn't want mirrors in where they lived? Have you ever read that? I've read about this. Yeah, I've read about that. Do you know yeah. why they did that? Yeah, because they felt like if they were constantly like looking, it would change. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And they also knew, I think, spiritually, that when you look in the mirror and you see something in your face, like, and then you have a judgment against it, right? I don't like that. Whatever. You know, whatever. We humans, we'll do that all the time. No, I don't like that. My nose is too big or whatever. Um, and then, so that's another thought. So the thought is, I don't like my nose. You don't want to do that because then that thought is in your state of consciousness and it's only going to make your nose bigger because we <laughs> that's the way it works. So these ladies knew that. So they wouldn't look in the mirror because they knew that it would affect their aging process. If they saw themselves aging, they kind of knew that they would just age more if they didn't like it. It was interesting that that spiritually evolved to get how the mind works. I think it's cool, man. Yeah, I mean, I do too. I, I really agree with that because I think that there's an overemphasis on aging in, in our society and then people are like so concerned about it and they're trying to do all these things to prevent it right. and it becomes like a whole thing every day that they think about. And it gets worse. It. And it gets worse. And I just don't <laughs> really think about it. I don't really think about it. I don't like wake up and think like, oh, this is how old I am or should I look like this or should I look like that? But I also think that, you know, nutrition isn't just what we eat. And I think that's what you're you're kind of talking about. It's everything we consume, whether that's our own thoughts, our self-talk, what we're watching, what we're listening to, all of everything. that impacts, everything. you know, what we see here. So, yeah, there's definitely something to yeah, that, I everything. believe. But I don't yeah. worry about it. Like, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, I'm into it takes a long time to get young because that's my trademark and I talk about it. But I've learned that it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I look like. I just know what I choose to think. And however I choose to think and grow spiritually, then I'm going to look that way. And I don't care what it is, you know. What, what does it matter? It's just, it is what it is. Yeah, so you don't want to look on the outside. It's like wagging the tail of the dog, right? You're looking at the, the results of your thoughts and feelings rather than just think what you want and believe what you want. And then that... That that is how we feel, and that's what controls disease, and right, and and everything, how we look, how we feel, yeah. everything, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think if we get the inside right, it'll show on the outside. Like it, what's what's inside comes out. So, you know, love yourself, find acceptance for yourself. You know, 
heal yourself, get healthy, be happy, laugh, be happy, cry when you need cry. to, be happy, hug people. <laughs> so you already got the aging thing all done. You already figured that one out, girl. Good for you. Oh, I don't know if I figured it out. I just don't. I don't worry about it because <laughs> there's nothing I can do about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I just, I just want to be the best version of me, the healthiest version of me. Oh. And if that's reflected on the outside, great. You know, I feel better now than I did in my 20s. I can tell you that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I yeah. you know, and so this is a little bit misleading. This our trademark, but I think it works. But um, where is it? Let me just throw it up there. Man, I got so many slides. I don't know what to do with them all. Where is it? How can I find the one I want? Oh, here it is. Okay, like this one. It takes a long time to get young, right? That's a trademark. I have a trademark. Mm -hmm. I have a trademark. And 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 then people say to me, "Well, why do you want to get young?" And I don't. I just. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm just creating a new body every day, right? By what I think and believe to be true. So mm -hmm. I don't want to go back and look like I'm 16 or something like that. That's stupid. I mean, what do you want to do that for? Just create the body that you, you know, you just you know, just think what you want and the body's going to come out and that's the way you look. So who, you know, and if somebody doesn't like the way you look, well, then that's their problem. <laughs> yeah, we can't be worried about that. <laughs> come on. Yeah, that's a, well, that's a, well, that's a good one. I'm just going to worry about the way I look in case some people, wow. You know, that's also, Hannah, since I'm such a hopeful romantic, I think well, that's where the, love at first sight comes from. I think we see a person, and the idea of beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. I think we mm -hmm. see a person and we're attracted to them, not because they have a certain shape compared to what Hollywood says, you know, none of that. I think we're attracted to them because we got a feeling of who they are by the way they mm -hmm. look, because the who they are is the way they look. Mm -hmm. Love at first sight. Mm -hmm. I like the way you said that. Pretty fun, huh? When you think about it like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole beauty thing just goes down by the wayside and everybody's obviously beautiful. That's who they are. And you can, you can like want to be with anybody no matter what everybody thinks that they're beautiful or not. I mean, that takes all the worry out of it. Yeah, I think the person that, you know, is meant to be yours is going to find you beautiful. And so exactly. you don't need to worry about the, the people that don't just aren't your people. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, see, you got this whole reality. They're not your people. They're not your reality. Don't worry about it. See, you got all this stuff already, man. <laughs> don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. Our phone number, if you care to join, it's not one call today. What is up? Oh, well, I guess people are, so used to not being able to call. Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. So, well, who else didn't we talk about that we had talked to? So, how are you going to look more into the virus thing after watching Cowan? Are you motivated to dig in a little bit, or what's your yeah, I mean, I definitely want to read um, more of his stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, he was 
such a fascinating person to listen to. Like I could probably listen to that interview, you know, 10 times and get even more out of it. So, yeah. And then I think it's just about, um, you know, kind of some experimenting, you know, (laughs) with my own self, you know, um, and I want to watch that, that show that you mentioned, that's going to be released too. So yeah, I do have to tell about that. My mom's going to, Oh, and I wanted to say hi to someone on air. I want to just say hi to Irina who tracked me down and found me after last week's show. So she's been a joy to talk to. Irina. Yes. I'm doing something with a piece of equipment. So I'm off Michael, but can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You know, so you can, um, sorry, I just have to adjust something. You can, um, uh, if you want to go on our bit shoot and we have shows with all kinds of, uh, no virus people, Cowan probably have three or four shows with him. And I can write down the names, so you, so you have them, and you could you could learn a lot from watching these watching the videos. You know, I'll write down the names and send them to you. And so yeah, that's great. So you go on bit shoot, and or you can just do the audio too. You don't have to do the do the video, but and um, and kind of dig in and to see all the different arguments to make. You know, there's a wonderful. Yeah. There's a wonderful paper that um, Dr. Mark Bailey wrote, and it's called um, Farewell to Virology. And he's one of the real, show me the, the virus people. He's in New Zealand. And we interviewed him, and he and his wife, and actually interviewed him separately too. And he and somebody else, uh, Hannah, did a, 80, 85 pages of laying out the arguments why there is no viruses and really geeky stuff. I mean, anecdotes, you know, pages of studies and blah, blah, blah. And he really proved, I mean, he just, he, he got it dead cold. And the reason was he wanted to take it to uh, a court uh, and sue somebody for saying that there's a you know, virus. And they, mm. they wouldn't even let it in the court. It was so, in my opinion, it was so good that they wouldn't even let it in. They just w- refused to even put it in. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. So I, have I told you I'm going to do a screenplay on this? I told you. On uh, viruses? And what are you going to call it? Virus. Do you know? Really? Virus. Yeah. So I've had all these different people, I've pitched them on the idea of being consultants. Mm-hmm. Callan Coffin, all of them, about 15 of them. So my next project, or maybe the next, maybe the next, next one after this one, is I want to do, I'm going to write a screenplay and have a, oh, 40-ish naturopathic physician woman that she's so into this whole no virus thing that she sues either the CDC or the AMA or the World Health Organization, somebody, somebody, we haven't decided yet, and takes them all the way to the Supreme Court and and proving that there is no virus. Wow. Isn't that cool? So the whole thing will be a, a courtroom drama. So the audience will be, will be the, um, 
the real jury, not the jury jury mm-hmm. in the in the film. I want this to be a Hollywood film, not some documentary that nobody watches. You know, Hollywood film at the theater. So the audience will be the the jury, and there'll be all kinds of expert witnesses and attorneys, attorneys on the other side, and we will make the case in the film that there is no virus to in such terms that the listener, by the time the movie's over, the listener's going to go, man, there ain't no virus. I mean, they proved it, right? That's really cool. Wouldn't that be great? Could you yeah. imagine that going out there and how controversial that would be? <laughs> how controversial that would be? Oh, which is what you want with a film, right? So I'm going to do it. We love a good controversy. Oh, baby. <laughs> we do. Yeah, the more people say it's crazy, the better it is, man. The more people watch <laughs> it, you know. That's what happened with that, um, what is a woman thing, mm. right? There was all kinds of controversy whether Elon Musk was going to even carry it. You know, mm-hmm. He was smart. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> he knew what he was they doing. Know. Oh, yeah. They know. They know. <laughs> and there was like 280 million views. 280 yeah. million of the what is yeah. a woman. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do the virus thing. It's going to be quite a project. If we found an attorney that's going to be consultant and um, I'm just going to write it. I'm just, I don't know. It could take a year to write it, but you know, who long? I want to do it. Cool. Cool, man. Do it. Cool. Do it. Cool. cool. <laughs> I want to do it. Isn't that fun? There's so much stuff to do in, in being here, isn't there? Like, phew. I really think that uh, that's the whole reason we're here, Hannah, is to just to be creative, you know? To do mm-hmm. something, to make something, to to do something. Yeah, I think we all have a purpose. I mean, I think there's a purpose for all of us being here, and it's, you know part of our journey is to find what that is and it's different for everybody. Because other than that, we just talk about people, you know? <laughs> oh, he shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? It's like crazy. <laughs> There's a quote about that. I'm going to, I would totally ruin it if I try to set up, say it, but something like small minds talk about other people. Oh, is that really? I like There's that. Some, no. And that's only part of the quote, though, Patrick. Oh, <laughs> My mind is failing me today. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, that's a little snarky. I'm not going to read that one. Um, I enjoyed your interview with Hannah. Oh. This was from in between last week. Oh, cool. Mm. You seem very taken with the lovely Hannah. Some chemistry going on there. Even Doodle sensed it. Christine, a grandma with from Middle Eastern England. Mm. Thanks, Christine. Here's another one. It happened to me, but truth is, is the only way. What happened to you? Oh, this is the, the the show that I wrote about um, It Takes the Truth to Get Broke. 
you know, we were talking about the, the, the sales going down and all that stuff. It happened to me too, but the truth is the only way. The only, only way out is through even more truth. Many will bail. Good regress into trivialities won't work. Re, oh, regress into trivialities won't work. Hint, they think you're crazy, become crazier. Friday shows are great. Thank you. <laughs> He's advising. So if you lost listeners because you're crazy, just get crazier. I like that. That works for me, right? We're happy to host the crazy party. <laughs> we got the crazy party going on. Um, oh, look at this one. I'll cry if I read this. I want to express my gratitude, appreciation for you. I guess I've known you for about 15 years, and all that time you've constantly been humble, calm, nurturing, ethical, courageous. I can't go on with all of that stuff. I want you to describe some of the changes in my life, which you played a part. I've been logging my dreams and thoughts, as well as doing the hue meditation you talk about sometimes. I've noticed changes in my attitude. Hmm. Before I felt hopeless, irritable, and angry most of the time. Now I'm much calmer, happier, and optimistic, and only rarely and briefly backside. Oh, and when it does happen, I'm able to completely transform it to the better within seconds. Mm. Oh, this change has been persistent without fail for a couple months now, and I couldn't be more pleased. Well, isn't that sweet? The change in my attitude attitude is one which I've been striving for unsuccessfully most of my life. Wow. Mm. We'll see what new changes and challenges come up, but I'm fairly confident I've finally, finally conquered this one with your patient, gentle, subtle help. Oh. That was beautiful. That nice. God love you. Good for them. Good for them. Only, oh, here's a good one. This will make your head explode. Only, only God, only God and God-realized beings can experience the one and only true reality where there is nothing but absolute truth. See, that's what he's talking about, Hannah. <laughs> is this someone that wants to be on my team? I think so. The absolute truth team. If there was no absolute reality, then nothing would work. See, that's what they're, they're saying what you say. But I think they're they're also agreeing with me, with me too that the only absolute truth is God. Mm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with no, with I know. that no, I know. origin. Yeah, I just think it's important. And maybe I'm maybe I'm coming from a perspective as a mother, but I think you know if you're raising human beings and there's no um, you know there's no truth, imagine that like you know in every interaction you would have with your child and there's no truth, then if they're like, mom, is this an apple? You'd be like, well, if you want it to be, you know, like we have to have some truth adds context to our life. And so I think, I think there's different, there are different kinds of truth and different kinds of reality. That's kind of what I'm coming away Probably from. Big, big T and small to T. This fellow yeah. goes on. Subjectivism is a trap. All that matters is your reality question mark. Yes, but most people, are not God-realized and don't experience absolute truth and are mostly trapped in lies and why physical reality is a mess. I think he's assuming that I or God-realized. I'm not, no. I 
I, I don't even know what that is. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I'm not a, not that I know of, unless it happened and I didn't know about it. <laughs> there is no such thing as my truth or his or her truth. There's only truth. All there is is the same for God and God realized being. So he keeps going back to the God realized thing. <laughs> I'll have to like look up what that means so that I understand what he means by that. Yeah. My understanding, and there are beings that have been God realized, my teacher is one, that they have entered in to the ultimate reality through lifetimes mm -hmm. of work, experience what God is. And it could be, it's even different. And it's something that they can't even talk about because it's just truth, you know? It's just truth. It just is what it is. And you just kind of get it. So that would be, so that's what I think we're all kind of working towards, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think that's why we're here. So we all experience that sometime along the way. Mm -hmm. That'd be fun, right? Yeah. 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 That's just one way to look at it. There's well, Hannah girl. Here we are. We've got a lot of other emails, but I think two two hours is. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad that I could be here again with you. Like it was a pleasure as usual. Well, thank you. And pleasure yeah. for you to be here. And Hannah's going to do nothing this weekend with her sister. Pat <laughs> Patrick's The art do of doing nothing. <laughs> the art of doing nothing. Patrick is going to do nothing with, with Doodle. That'll be good. And who do we have on Monday? Oh, we have Dr. Richard Massey. Oh, man. We love Dr. Massey. Have you heard his shows? I don't know if I have. Oh, he's really, so he's I'll really cool. So tune in if I'm not yeah. with the client. Yeah. He's, he's really cool. And also, uh, Brandon Smith, who's got some very interesting um, writings on um, who's driving the ESG, which is that whole movement to have companies be more ecological and user-friendly and pronouns and all that stuff. It's very fascinating what's going on. Adam Bergstrom will be here also. And I think Bear Paul Londo is going to come back. So we're going to have a nice week for you. Well, my dear, thanks for being here. You look great. Keep those toofies, keep that toofy care up. Look at those toofies, man. You <laughs> Thank great, you. You got great toofies, man. <laughs> and uh, we will see you probably next month, next week. And I'm going to send you the list of all the people if you want to do more show me the virus stuff, okay? Definitely, yeah. That would be awesome. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for your time. Really. Yes, joy. It's a pleasure. Good stuff. Pleasure. You wave to the wave to the Amish people when you see them. <laughs> I, come, I will do that. I want to come up every... here and visit uh, Amos Miller, and I can visit you too. I want to do that. Yeah. I, I really, yeah. I, I just think he's the coolest guy ever. Yeah. He's got camel. He's got camel Over. milk and all kinds of stuff, crazy stuff, doesn't he? I don't know. I didn't know he had camel milk. Oh, he's but. got camel milk and all kinds of things. 
I want camel milk. I want to try that too. <laughs> yeah, and look and see if you can find an ebu. Ebu, E-B-O-O, Roger. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to look that up I really for sure. Liked I it. There's like something, something to it, something to it. Yeah. I don't know what. We'll see. All right, sweetie, you take care of yourself. We'll see you soon, you all right? You too, Patrick. Have yeah. a good weekend. Yeah. Yep, bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> right when you get work. Well, you just send the letter when you get work. <laughs> just yeah. kidding. See you soon. <laughs> see you. Hannah Walliser, and this is One Radio Network. She's fun, huh? I so appreciate her coming on so much better Friday show with two people. Yeah. I'm kind of mystified why nobody called after the phone line. Maybe the thing doesn't work. Oh, I tried it. I should have, I tested it out yesterday. It's possible that it didn't work. Let me just try real quick. Hello? 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 Yeah, it worked. Now we called. That's right. Okay. Well, at least we got it fixed. That was a bonus. All right, kids, we're going to have some good things coming up for you next week, as we said, and we will uh, have a good time. Let me know if I can help with anything. My email is patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Don't call the 800 line when we're not live because you won't get anything. You can, but you'll waste your time. So I love you all very much. Thanks. You're, you're doing great. Um, we're getting some interesting emails on the salt. We'll get back, uh, talk more about the salt thing and the virus thing, and we're chasing a lot of little rabbit holes. We, we go down little rabbit holes. So I love you guys. Thanks for your support, really. I appreciate it. Take care, and we'll see you Monday morning at 10 o'clock with Dr. Richard Massey, Patrick Timpone, and uh, may the blessings be. Broadcasting live, weekday mornings, this is listener-supported One Radio Network.